everybody. Welcome to the Fans Corner Football Podcast. This is the NFL Draft Edition. It's uh, something we look forward to every year. I'm Brian Bouye along with Keith Van Vechten and Jack Geisel. Fellas, it's good to be back. We haven't uh, talked since the Super Bowl. How's everybody doing? Everyone's doing Wonderful. great. Yeah, everyone's doing well. So I don't know about you guys, but you know, once the Super Bowl is over, you know, or or for us fans of teams like the Oakland Raiders, before the Super Bowl is over, we start looking at what comes next. And the draft is always—it's kind of like Christmas Eve to me. And I get so jacked up watching this and thinking who could go where and you know who the pro- top prospects are and who we want to get. It's our chance to play general manager, and I think that's the fun of what we're going to do today. We're each going to do a mock draft. We're uh, we're not picking against each other. It's just our draft, but we're going to see kind of where we are and have consensuses or where we disagree. So um, what do you guys – look forward to most about the draft like what is it about the draft every year that you that intrigues you guys as you mentioned brian it's hope as a raiders fan so the the browns sitting at the top of the draft the giants the jets uh you know the broncos the Colts. this is as excited as these fans have been since last september when the season started so i think it's that uh, perpetual hope that you have get that right guy get the right piece there maybe trade down get a few more so i i think uh I think the excitement of hope is uh, what what fans look forward to the most this time of year. You know, as Raider fans, we're used to drafting high up for the most part. You know, Jack, you're a Steelers guy. You guys usually tend to draft a little bit lower in the first round, but you guys draft so well. You know, what do you think about the draft each year? I mean, are you waiting for somebody to drop for you, or do you usually have a guy that you've kind of locked in as a Steeler pick that you're hoping to see them get? The last couple of years, it's it's been pretty easy to, to – determine who they were going to pick I called it when they picked Jarvis Jones I didn't call the TJ Watt pick but you always know kind of the general direction they're going to go they always go with the defense and the linebacker ever since Mike Tomlin's been there they've typically gone that way in the first and second round and stuff like that but and it's I think they're going to go the same way this year but for me as a Steelers fan and you know they're eventually they're going to start getting in the higher part of the first round too our time is going to come but it's exciting every year because you know it's always good to see what kind of a group of rookies come in how they're going to fit in the season and especially when there's you know changes in coaching staff you know they got a new offensive coordinator this year so it's going to be interesting to see some of the moves that they do well let's dive right in fellas the uh the top pick in the draft we've seen this before it's the cleveland browns uh winless one in 31 over the last two years um they've had numerous years where they've taken quarterbacks where it just seems like they've never gotten the right guy Keith let's start it out Cleveland Browns number one pick where are you going with it Josh Allen quarterback out of Wyoming and I actually just changed that as you were doing the intro because I was going back and forth my gut told me to go with Allen I like guys uh, who play quarterback from small schools I mean Ben Roethlisberger is one of them. Uh, Philip Rivers, to a lesser extent, with Roethlisberger, but he's another one. Russell Wilson started off small. Joe Flacco. I like quarterbacks that are relied on to do everything and anything for the team, including leading the culture on campus. I mean, you, these guys are larger than life at these schools. I feel that as a bigger school quarterback, you kind of, I don't want to say you get lost in things because you certainly don't, but you're not relied on to do as much. Allen's got a big arm. He'll be able to withstand the Cleveland weather. He's got a good head on his shoulder. So if he has a losing season or two, I think he can stay motivated to turn that franchise around. Nothing against Sam Darnold, nothing against Josh Rosen. I, I think they could do it too. But if I'm picking, I'm picking the big arm, big guy. He can take a lot of hits. You know, he's proven that over the course of his career playing at Wyoming. So I think Josh Allen is the pick for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think we've seen the last few years that it doesn't matter where these guys come from. I I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, Joe Flacco comes out of Delaware. Exactly. You you know, Derek Carr comes out of Fresno State. These are not big name programs. So I, I think, you know, the pedigree of the program matters less and less these days. 
Jack, are you, are you with Keith on this one? Do you, do you take the risky move here, or the supposedly risky move, or you I, played a little I more safe? I have been leaning a little bit towards that. You know, I did see reports come out that he's now he could potentially be the front runner over Sam Donald. A lot of people consider Donald to be the safer of the two picks. I would love to see them take Allen, but I I see them going Sam Darnold here. I'm just going to go the safer route. I mean, he just he, then this this crop of quarterbacks. You know, there's four or five guys that a lot of people would take in the first round here. So I think he is the safer of the two. But you know, to see Allen, I I wouldn't be surprised to see them take any of these guys at the first pick because you really could go any direction here. It all depends on who they have, you know, who they felt they have the most chemistry with over the course of this whole off season. So. Yeah, I think the names everybody's talking. It sounds like it's a two-player, you know, mix right now between Darnold and Allen. Um, I'm with you. I think Darnold is probably going to be the guy here. And you know, people talk about upside with Josh Allen. I think Darnold's got a lot of upside too. He's got he's got the arm strength. He's got the size. And we've seen, you know, he's not a fully finished product. I mean, this is a guy that had some turnover issues. You know, as much so with the way he held the ball and fumbles. Um, you know, so none of these guys are finished products, but. I've seen him do it against some big-time defenses, and you know he's a very smart guy as far as leading an offense. Cleveland can't screw this up, and I think there's a greater risk factor with Josh Allen. Maybe a higher ceiling. You know, we don't know what he what he can do. Um, you know, in that development, but he's a guy that I worry about as far as the completion percentage was bad, um, and some of that could be the talent that's around him, but. Sam Darnold, I think he's just built for this. I think he's going to be the logical pick. I think he'll do well in the NFL. So I'm going with uh, Sam Darnold for Cleveland. That's two out of three. Keith was a little bit different here, but it's going to be fun to see what the, uh, the Browns do at number one here. Number two is the New York Giants. Uh, a lot of talk that they could go in a lot of different directions here, possibly even trade back. Um, Jack, I'm going to start it with you. You know, we we see the Jet, the Giants and the Jets going back to back here. So this is going to be a big time year uh, on the back pages of the tabloids in New York and everything. Do they go quarterback here? Or do they go another direction? I think they go with Bradley Chubb. I don't think they go quarterback. Now, it is what a lot of people consider the logical choice because you know, obviously Eli Manning and you know Ben Roethlisberger, the whole class is getting up there in age. So at some point, the Giants have to find the successor. But they can get a year or two out of Eli if they have to. Now, I'm not sure how good the next couple of years are going to be in terms of quarterbacks coming out, but I don't think the Giants, and I'm sure there was more to trading Jason Pierre-Paul than just, we want this new guy, but I don't think you make that kind of move so suddenly without having someone that you know you're going to get this early in the draft that can make an immediate impact. So that's why I think they're going to go that route. He certainly fills a need, and you know, as far as talent goes, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a game changer. Keith, uh, who do you like here for the Giants at number two? I kind of foreshadowed it with the uh, Josh Allen pick. I'm going Sam Darnold here. The Giants never find themselves picking in the top five, let alone the top two. This is a once in a every 15, 20 year type situation for them. They have to go quarterback. This the last time they drafted in the top five, they got Eli Manning, and that worked out pretty well for them. I think Sam Darnold is the pick here. I think if they did go Bradley Chubb, like you mentioned, Jack, I think they're ready to win now. I, I still think that roster underachieved greatly last year a lot because Definitely. of the coaching staff. But I think they can find some depth and some starters in the later rounds. For now, at number two, I think they have to go with Sam Darnold. Let him sit up for a year or two behind Eli Manning. 
transition out the way the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers or the Kurt Warner and Eli situation, I think if they can emulate that again, it's going to be very beneficial because they proved they've gotten it right in the past. So I think Sam Darnold is the pick here at number two for the New York Giants. Yeah, it's going to be interesting here because the Giants kind of hold a lot of keys to where the next few picks are going to go here. Um, they could trade back out of this pick and stockpile uh, You know, if one of these teams really is getting itchy for a quarterback. Um, if they stay in the spot, since I had Darnold going one, I think Josh Rosen is the guy here at number two for them. Um, I, I have a, I, I preface that just a little bit. You know, the Giants really never got to see what Davis Webb could do last year, which I think is part of the reason why the coaching staff was ushered out the door Missed and why the front office was out the door. You know, he had very good grades last year as a prospect, and he didn't get any look at this guy really last year, which I thought was a huge mistake. Um, we don't know if they believe in this guy at all. If they think that he's a successor and you want to give him another year or two behind Eli, then they could go in another direction. But like you said, the Giants don't get in this position too often. You got an opportunity to get a guy who could be your quarterback for 10, 12 years. I think you got to take it. I think on talent wise, there's obviously a lot of ups and downs with Josh Rosen that people talk about. You know what I mean? Um, throws a lot of interceptions there's question of how much he really loves football that sort of thing but you know the arm talent is there he's a very cerebral smart player so I think the Giants have an opportunity here uh, to get their quarterback of the future and I'm going for a, a UCLA kid after a USC kid so Josh Rosen at number two that leads us to the New York Jets. Um, they traded up to get into this spot. Obviously, uh, you know they, they paid a, a pretty high price. I don't think it was as steep as a lot of people said it was. Um, but you know, do you see them going for a quarterback here, Keith? Josh Rosen. And what a media goldmine it is for New York City to have Darnold and Rosen, if my picks pan out, yep. uh, playing in New York City. So I, I think Josh Rosen's the guy. And let me just, and let me say, if Rosen and Allen or who, whatever combination, they're going to get one of those three guys, in yep. my opinion. So if it's Allen that's left, I think they take him. But in my mock draft, I think they go Josh Rosen. I think it's a need. It's a fit. Uh, is he a f franchise quarterback? He's got all the makings of one. But as you mentioned, Brian, there's a lot of concerns there with, with turnovers and his personality and you know some of the things that you know he has done in the past. He's had some concussion issues. So there are some question marks there in terms of what uh, he can be, but... At number three, the Jets did not move up and, and give away those picks to, to draft Bradley Chubb or Saquon Barkley or any of those guys. They're going to take Josh Rosen. He's a quarterback that's left on the board. I think they have all three of those guys rated pretty highly. So Rosen in my mock draft falls to the Jets at number three. Who you got here, Jack? I base this solely on special connections with very intelligent Jets fans that I know. Uh, there are such going, a thing? Huh? Oh, I had to oh. put it out there. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Okay. At number three. Here we go. Big curveball um, time. Yep. So Baker Mayfield. Now I have I've done a lot of research into which quarterback because you know they're going to take one. You don't yeah, trade I, up I this high without taking yep. a quarterback. Um, this guy has had reportedly the best relationship thus far with the Jets uh, front office and especially their CEO. Um, I had heard from some sources that he had met to have dinner with this guy. That they that he has recently become the guy that they're very high in over the rest of them. It's again, it's a long shot. But I'm going to go with the curveball here and say that they take Mayfield at number. Do you like three. him? I do. I mean, you know, he. I kind of put him in the same with the same as the rest of these guys. You know, you just don't know without seeing them at least in the training camps and the preseasons how they're really going to pan out. So I think they've all got the talent. They've all got the things they have to work on. As long as they're in the right system and they're surrounded by the right talent, I think any one of them could succeed. So let me, let me ask you guys this question on that point, Brian. Before you get into your pick, there's a police video out there of him getting tackled in. Oklahoma what are the bright lights in New York City going to do for this guy I'm not saying he's going to lose it I'm not saying that I think he can 
be capable of keeping his head on straight and being a good quarterback in this league. But the bright lights in New York City, is that a concern for you that, guys that based was, on some of the things you've that seen? That was a, critis- a criticism of him is, is he going to be able to handle the New York spotlight? That does remain to be seen, but I think if the Jets are confident enough in his abilities, and I think they can give him a it's shot. It's interesting because I, I see that there too, and, and you know the same could be said, you know, how will Josh Rosen handle it? But I think kind of from a different perspective, I, I, I think you know Rosen could be tantalizing from the you know I'm so arrogant perspective, and he does have that sort of air to him. Mayfield, yeah, I, I mean some of the things you saw, you, you know, with him in college that you know. You can get away with a little bit of Oklahoma. You're not going to get away with that in New York City with the tabloids. So it's definitely something teams consider. But if they like the player, they're going to take the player. You know, So I think that's the bottom line. I got Josh Allen here. So this is kind of how this draft is going. We, we all kind of um, see some of these picks in that same area. I think this is a good spot. You know, I mean, um, tantalizing potential with this guy. He's probably got the best arm in the draft from what everybody says. But he is raw. He played at Wyoming, which is not the same as, you know, some of these other power schools. But as we've seen, it's not as big a factor as it used to be, you know. Um, the NFL, the combines, all the analysis they do, they're meat markets. We, we see these guys, every measurable is good, you know, every measurable is bad, you know, however they want to look at it. But, you know, you look at the potential with this guy, and by all accounts, the interviews he's done, uh, people really like him. I think he could be, you know, that, that sort of next guy for the Jets. So I've got three quarterbacks going in a row to start this draft. I think, you know, you got to take your shot, you know, to, to get your franchise set up for the next several years. And I think the, uh, the Jets go with Josh Allen. That puts the Cleveland Browns back on the clock at number four. Uh, Jack, who do you got here? I like Saquon Barkley at the spot. You know, we saw what happened with Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the running backs. And people say it every year, you know, you don't take a running back high. You know, they don't last long and this and that. But the last couple of years, we've seen that, you know, the mold possibly break a little bit. So I think the Browns do the same thing here. I think they get their quarterback and their running back in the first four picks. What do you got, Keith? I go Barkley as well. Uh, I'm a little less bullish on the pick. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think they take Barkley here only because taking anybody else would be a little bit of a reach in my opinion. Bradley Chubb could be a pick here that they go with. I I don't think he's a huge reach at number four, but I think Barkley at number four is really good value for the Browns above any of the rest of the players that are in this draft. And as you mentioned, Jack, drafting a running back, you know, people aren't or teams aren't as – you know, they're not as gung-ho on doing that in the top five anymore. But to get a guy like this, he's a dynamic playmaker. He's going to give Cleveland that, you know, flashy Reggie Bush type coming out of college playmaking highlight reels just to get the fans excited. And he's going to produce in the NFL. Let me make that clear as well. So I think Barkley is the best pick here at number four. But at the same time, I say it a lot, that a lot because I think anybody else here would be a little bit of a reach. Well, fellas, we finally got a consensus on one of the picks here. I, I'm with Barkley all over this. Um, the thing that stands out to me, I mean, we know what he did in college. We know he's very good. Um, a lot of the grades of that people have him is that he grades out as the best running back coming out of college since Adrian Peterson. And, and if you're and if you're the Cleveland Browns and you have a chance to get your franchise quarterback at number one and a potential, you know, once every five or six years, best sort of back that comes out, I think you got to do it. I mean, if, if I'm the Browns and I can walk away from this draft with my top two picks being Sam Darnold and, and uh, Saquon Barkley, I'm, I'm thrilled. You know, they've done some good things in the offseason. It feels like the clouds are kind of breaking a little bit over Cleveland finally. You know, some of the moves they've made in the offseason, they got cap money. They got a lot of opportunity here. You know, I think things could turn around 
pretty quickly. You know, we see it in the league. I mean, they've been awful for a long time, but you know, there aren't these five-year rebuilding plans anymore. So I think I think Barkley, he's a game changer. He's a playmaker. He'll make life easier for whatever quarterback they bring in there at number one. So uh, it should be a lot of fun to see him running in Cleveland. That takes us to the Denver Broncos, our uh, uh, our hated AFC West franchise that all, all us Raider fans uh, love to despise. Uh, been an interesting offseason in Denver. You know, we, we've seen what they've done at quarterback. They've lost some key players on the, on defense. Uh, Keith, where do you see the uh, Broncos going with number five here? I think they go defense here. I, they go Bradley Chubb, um, edge rusher at NC State. They have Von Miller. They have Shane Ray. You're going to put Bradley Chubb on the other side in the division with Derek Carr. Phillip Rivers obviously still has some left in the tank. Patrick Mahomes, big arm. People are high on him. So any other pick here, like I said, with the Browns picking number four, is a bit of a reach in my opinion. Uh, They could go with Fitzpatrick here. They could certainly go uh, with the corner of Ohio State uh, Ward. But I think the best pick here is Bradley Chubb. Now the Denver Broncos defense, who was number one pass defense last year. I know they lost Aqib Tlaib, but you add a pass rusher like that to what they already have, that secondary's job is going to be a lot easier than it was last year, and they were elite last year. So I think Chubb is the pick here. Uh, compare or Combine him up with um, Von Miller. It scares the daylights out of me as a Raiders fan, but for the Broncos here, I, I like Chubb. It's funny. You look at some of their defensive numbers. You know Their points allowed last year was awful. You know, I mean, you, you look at some of the metrics and everything, and you, you go by total defense and pass defense and everything, but they got beat up in a few games pretty badly. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Jack, where do you see Denver going? I like Josh Rosen going here at number five. I don't think that anyone in that organization or any Broncos fan has faith in Paxton Lynch anymore. Now, I'm not, I'm not convinced that he was the one to really fit that need that they had, so I think that they kind of rectify that and take their shot with their franchise guy here at number five. Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, John Elway is obviously a uh, you know a quarterback guru, but he hasn't quite gotten his guy since Peyton Manning left. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, they they've brought in uh, you know Keenum this offseason, Paxton Lynch. You know, he's been here a couple of years. We really haven't seen uh, you know what what could happen there. You know, Trevor Simeon didn't pan out. You know, it's been kind of a mess. So if they could get their quarterback, it'll be interesting. I'm going on the defensive side of the ball like Keith did, but I'm going with Denzel Ward here. I, I think he's, uh, um, you know, you, you lose Aqib Tlaib, plug this guy right in. I, I think this is, is probably the top cornerback in the draft, and I think he's, he's a good fit for that defense. Like you said, you know, the quarterbacks in that division, you know, you're, you're going against uh, Carr, you're going against Phillip Rivers, you know, you got Mahomes who's a big arm guy. You know, you lose Tlaib. You know, you want to keep that part of your defense intact. They already got good pass rushers. I think your pick, uh, you know, while Chubb would be terrific, I think he's more of a luxury at this point. I think they need to get a starting cornerback there. Um, You know, so I, I think Denzel Ward from Ohio State will be a good pick for Denver. Next up is the Indianapolis Colts picking at number six. Um boy, this team has been really disappointing the last couple of years. You know, obviously the Andrew Luck situation, the injuries has played a big factor in it. Um, Keith, where do you see the uh, Colts going at number six? Andrew Luck is one more big injury away from, I don't want to call him a bust because it's not necessarily his fault. He's getting beat up on like that, but he's one injury away from possibly being out of this league. Yeah. It's time to take out an insurance policy for him 10 times more than what his value is worth. Quentin Nelson, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, you got to protect Luck. I mean, I'm the guard position for the Colts isn't necessarily a need, you know, in, in the running game and whatnot. But you got to start stockpiling as many good offensive linemen as you can, regardless of what position they play. It's it's time to start protecting this guy a little bit because, like I said, he's one injury away, and no fault of his own of being a bust in this league. So Quentin Nelson, perhaps the safest pick as people have heard out of this draft. 
uh, offensive lineman out of Notre Dame. I think he's going to be a starter for 10 to 12 years in this league. I really do. Yeah, you don't typically see guards going this high in the draft, but you know he's rated as one of the top guards we've seen in the last decade, so he would certainly not be a bad pick for any team that gets him. Jack, where do you see the uh, Colts going here? I see them going with Tremaine Edmonds here. There is, you know, that defense was absolutely atrocious, and like you said, Keith, there, you know, Andrew Luck, sooner or later, like the injuries have to stop. I can't, re- I don't really see them trying to worry too much about replacing him just yet but that defense I think has to be the priority and I think a middle you know the middle of the field with the linebackers is a great place to start this guy's great I think he has the potential to be a leader on any defense that he goes to so I think that that's a spot that they go with at pick number six yeah I think Indianapolis I I think they can go in a lot of different directions here just because they have so many needs on both sides of the ball and and I I like both of your picks I I think they both fit and they both make a lot of sense Um, I'm going a little different here because you know I'm gonna if I'm the Colts you got to hope Andrew Luck is healthy Um, you know and if he is you know they've never surrounded him with talent you know as far as offensive skill weapons uh, for the most part in his career and and I'm going with a guy I think it's probably a little bit of a reach at this point but um, I want to get this guy some weapons and I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver of Alabama. You got to get this guy a playmaker. You know, I mean, you can protect him all you want, but if he doesn't have anybody who's going to be able to get the ball to in open space, um, you know, Ridley, I think, is the top receiver in the draft. Um, and I think, I think Andrew Luck would be ha- happy to get a nice weapon here. So my pick is Calvin Ridley out of Alabama for the Indianapolis Colts. Seventh pick, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. Who do you got, Jack? Derwin James. I think this is where they go safety. They brought Brent Grimes back on a one-year deal. They've got Vernon Hargraves. They get JPP in a trade with the Giants. So I think they're, they've made it pretty clear they're trying to really get that defense ready to win right now. So I think they get their safety right here. Who you got, Keith, for the Bucks? I think this is a pick where if you look around the division, you're not going to find somebody to shut down Julio Jones. There's just nobody coming out of any draft that can do that. So you start looking at the other pieces, right? You have Alvin Kamara emerging from the Saints. You have Mark Ingram. you got Christian McCaffrey. You got guys that are playing underneath and, and causing a lot of problems. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is the perfect pick for the Buccaneers to cover the Kamaras, to cover the McCaffreys. Like I said, you're not getting somebody who shuts down Julio Jones, so you shouldn't be chasing that anyway. They could go Ward here and try to do it. That wouldn't work out well for them. So try to cover the guys underneath that caused a lot of havoc in this division last year. I think Fitzpatrick is a nice physical guy. He's going to play in the box. He's going to stop the run. He's going to do well against tight ends. He's going to do well against a lot of number one receivers for that matter, but also the running backs and whatnot. So I I think Fitzpatrick here is a perfect fit for the Buccaneers for all the reasons I listed, and I think they go there at number seven. Yeah, for the Bucks, I've got uh, I've got Bradley Chubb still on my board here, and, and you know with the uh, uh, Buccaneers getting JPP in the offseason, I think if you have him and Bradley Chubb, you really elevate that defense's pressure that you could go after quarterbacks in that division. I mean, you know, it's you said it. You know, getting defensively, you either have to get to the quarterback or have elite level defensive backs or some sort of combination. And you look at who else is in that division; they got to get after the quarterback. And I think if you can have JPP and Bradley Chubb, you know that that's going to scare some offensive coordinators right there. So I think Chubb would be a good fit for the Buccaneers at number seven. The Chicago Bears at number eight. The uh, the John Fox era is over. Um, thankfully, if you're a Bears fan, uh, they got a lot of needs here. You know, they got their uh, quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky last year that seemed to show some pretty good promise. It, it seems like they like this kid and he's got some potential here. Um, where do you have the Bears going at number eight, Keith? I was thinking of going Calvin Ridley here, but my gut told me when I was going through this, it, Tremaine Edmonds. You have a building block in Trubisky on the offensive side of the ball. Edmonds is your building block on the defensive side of the ball. 
History is not on the Bears' side in terms of drafting wide receivers. Kevin White did not pan out the way they hoped. They passed on Amari Cooper. The jury's still out on him. But to this point, he's been a lot better than Kevin White just due to injuries. So I think with that in mind, they go the more conservative route. Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech. You know, this is a team that definitely needs somebody in the secondary. They only had eight interceptions all of last year. I think they can find somebody in the second and third round to fill those voids. They sacked the quarterback fairly well. So this is a little bit of a luxury pick, but they do need an edge rusher. So I think he's the perfect uh, perfect playmaker to Virginia Tech. He'll pitch in in the run game. He'll rush the quarterback. He'll be able to drop in coverage. He's, he's really a, you know, you check the box with this guy across the board. So I think Edmonds to the Chicago Bears is a perfect fit for them. Jack, who you got for the yep. Bears? I like Quentin Nelson here. I think it's always a smart idea if you follow up a pick like Trubisky, if you think you've got your franchise guy to follow it up with a solid offensive line that can protect him for a long time. Now, like I don't disagree with you, Keith. Defense would be a perfectly logical route for them to go here because they need a lot of help. A lot Especially of help. in that division. Yep. Exactly. A lot of help. So Tremaine Edmonds would be a great pick there. Anything in the secondary would be a good pick, but I think uh, the safest one is to get that offense, to get the offensive line pick. And Nelson at number eight, I think, is a great value anyway. And I, I'm with you. I've got Quentin Nelson to the Bears at number eight as well. I think if you're the Chicago Bears, you just need to have good drafts. You need to get good players in there right now. And I they're think they're not going to win now anyway. They're not going to win. You know, they're they're at least a couple years away, in my opinion. And this is a guy who, you know, they a lot of people think he's the best guard in the last five or six years to come into the draft. And you just took your quarterback last year. You're trying to build pieces. You know, get an anchor who can be in that line for ten years. I, I think Quentin Nelson is is a very good pick here for the Chicago Bears. And like Jack said, very good value. I mean, some people think he might be talent wise the best player in the draft obviously guard is not the you know sexy position you know but you know here's a guy you can put in there aren't any issues with this guy he comes he brings it he's got all the physical tools he's got all the intangibles he should be a great pick for the bears the san francisco 49ers are on the clock they uh they got their quarterback, uh, you know, with a trade with New England to uh, uh, get things going there. They've made some interesting moves in the offseason. Jack, who do you have for the uh, San Francisco 49ers I at have, number nine? I have Rokon Smith here at number nine to the Niners. Now, offensive line would be an area where they could use some help, especially, you know, they have an investment in Jimmy Garoppolo, so it would be wise to go with a the pick there. And especially if the Bears don't take Nelson, I think he – really could be the guy they end up going with here. But I like uh, the linebacker pick here. His biggest weakness that I've seen from a couple reports is that he's just not – like the size just isn't there. But, you know, he's still been one of the best, and he can drop into coverage pretty easily even from an outside position. So I think he's going to be a force in the middle of the field, and I think that would be a great pick for them at number nine. Keith, who you got for the Niners? I see this as a potential trade-down position for the 49ers. I know we discussed not going there, so I'm not going to, but I can see them trading down and taking um, McGlinchey from Notre Dame in the mid to late first round or something like that. But at number nine, if they keep this pick, I think Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver at Alabama, is the guy. Uh, you guys mentioned Garoppolo comes in. You know The offensive line there could use some work. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand that. I know the defense can too. But get Jimmy Garoppolo a weapon. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a very solid starter in this league, much like Carr and Cooper when they came out. And, you know, I, I think they were a year apart or two years apart. You know, emulate that a little bit across the bay. So I think Calvin Ridley is the pick. I think he's going to be a big playmaker. And 
this team, if I'm going to pick a team to make the NFC playoffs that didn't last year, I think it could be this team right here, and especially if they have Calvin really catching passes for him. Yeah, I think they can rise up pretty quickly. I mean, this is a team that uh, you know was a dumpster fire at the beginning of last year, and they made some really good moves. They got their quarterback. They, they've done some good things here. Um, I'm going to go defensive side of the ball for the uh, 49ers here, and a guy I've still got left on my board that, that I think grades pretty high. I've got Minka Fitzpatrick available for the 49ers. Um, I think he's a starter from day one in the NFL. Um, he can cover. He's got some pretty decent size. He's got speed. Um, Alabama defensive players do well in the NFL. It's it's just, you know, we've seen it year after year. I think he's a good fit for the Niners, a solid pick, and I, I, I think they take him and they don't look back. That brings us to number 10, the uh, the team that lost the coin flip with the 49ers and got the uh, uh, second of these two picks. We got the Oakland Raiders on the clock. Keith, you're the Raiders fan among uh, you and Jack here, so I'm going to let you have it this one first. Number 10, Tavita Tolapacono Tolento Mosi Vahi Valuta V. Vita V. I try pronouncing his actual name. Vita V, uh, defense alignment out of Washington. Raquan Smith's a good option here left on my board. I mean, a couple corners they can certainly go with. And, you know, Denzel Ward, Joshua Jackson might be a little high, but he certainly could be in play. My thought process here, guys, is you have Khalil Mack coming off one corner. You have Bruce Irvin coming off another another edge, right? So if you put V in the middle, you have a very formidable defensive line there. Now, I know they have some issues at linebacker. I don't even know who their starters are at this point. But Corey James has proven in open in the open field he can make solid tackles. He doesn't miss any. So if you're going to get a guy that is going to draw double teams constantly and get pressure up the middle, it's only going to make the linebackers better. It's going to make the secondary better. So I think if you go out and get V to V here, and you compare or you put him with Mack and you put him with Urban, and probably Edwards is the other, uh, you know, the other starting defensive tackle. That's definitely one of the upper echelon defensive lines in the league. It's not going to be top five, but it's going to be one of the better ones in the league. So with that in mind, I think Rokron Smith would bring a very good talent to the linebackers, but I don't think he's going to solve the linebacker issue. I think Vita V can solve the defensive line issue because of the other guys there. So I think he's the pick at number 10 for the Raiders. Jack, who you got for the Oakland future Las Vegas Raiders? Same direction as you, Keith, but a different player. Uh, they're going to go Deron Payne right here. This guy is an absolute behemoth. You want a guy that's going to get double teamed by everybody on every play. This guy's just massive. If you you know, and the Raiders, I mean, they need turnovers. Period. They need turnovers, and that starts with the defensive line. You know, you got to get pressure because that's going to make it so much easier, regardless of who you've got on the back end of the defense. So, having him in the middle, and Vita Vey, like you said, either one of those would be a great pick here. They're both great talents, but this guy, I just like him a little bit better because he's like. He reminds me a lot of Casey Hampton and the Steelers back about 10 years ago, and he's just a massive human being that's just going to blow up the center every time. Well, yeah, and if you can take up two blocks, I mean, th- think about, you know, what that does for Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin. You sure. know, I mean, it makes everybody's life, you know, better. And if, you know, if Mario Edwards steps up, I mean, think of the potential there. Um, I'm going with Roquan Smith for the Raiders here. And I say this with, with a bit of a caveat. We don't know what's going on with Navarro Bowman yet. If the Raiders are to resign Navarro Bowman, I think the need for a linebacker is a lot less. They brought him in, and from day one, this guy was a plug-and-play player who made plays, made tackles, sideline to sideline. This is what Roquan Smith is. I mean, he makes plays all over the field. A touch undersized, but very physical. He can rush the passer. He can drop back in coverage, and he's a tackler. He's a tackling machine, sideline to sideline. He makes plays, and one of the things that drove me nuts as a Raiders fan last year is they couldn't tackle. I mean, we saw how many times guys just getting through on the second and third contact, and it just drove you nuts. This is a guy who can clean that up. So I think Roquan Smith makes a lot of great sense. I think the guys that you had um, make – 
perfect sense if the Raiders sign Bowman and bring him back for another year or two. But uh, I think Roquan Smith is a really good pick for the Raiders. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins on the clock. Jack, take us away with uh, who you got for Miami. This is my first spot where I think there could be a big potential trade with the Ravens, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, if the Dolphins keep this pick, I think they're going to go Denzel Ward here. Now, they've got a lot of obligations they got to take care of. I'm obviously, with Sugon, they got to get more people on the line for the rotation because uh, he leaves a pretty sizable hole there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route, but cornerback, I think, is definitely one of the higher priorities. Finding a replacement possibly for Tannehill might be on their list as well. I've seen a lot of people, including a lot of Dolphins fans, I know talk about that, that they really are kind of losing faith in him at this point. So anywhere could be a good direction, but I think Denzel Ward's going to be their guy here. Who you got, Jack? I mean, uh, Keith, who you got? Uh, Baker Mayfield. I think this is where he comes off my board. Miami Dolphins, there's a need at quarterback. Jay Cutler, obviously, is not the long-term answer there. Who knows what Ryan Tannehill is going to be. Even if healthy, I don't think the Dolphins are entirely sold on him, regardless of what that contract says. I think Baker Mayfield is the quarterback here. Jack, I'm with you. I I can see the Dolphins moving out of this pick, but for the sake of this mock draft and and not predicting the future, uh, the Miami Dolphins, I think, take Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I had a lot of problems with this pick, too. I mean, just looking at, you know, where they could go. I mean, their their needs are – they have to figure out who they believe in on their roster, you know. I mean, do, do they believe in Ryan Tannehill? Do they think he can come back and be a productive player? Um, if not, you know, you've got an opportunity to look at quarterbacks. Uh defense you lost Sue who's a big piece you need help at linebacker you need you know they got a lot of issues um I'm going with Tremaine Edmonds here uh you know I think as an athlete and somebody who could really help that defense um you know a guy out of Virginia Tech who's who's a very very good athlete and just just a good football player um I could see this as a trade candidate too but I I think if we're staying put with the uh the Dolphins here I think they're going to get a lot of calls from teams you know looking for a quarterback to move up so it'll be interesting to see what they do but I got Tremaine Edmonds as things stand here for the Miami Dolphins at number 11. Let's go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, they, they obviously uh, do not have a quarterback uh, that they believe in at this point. Uh, we, we've seen what they've done in the offseason and, you know, have made some interesting moves. But uh, where do you got the uh, Buffalo Bills going, Keith? They will move up to get a quarterback or they will move back to draft one of the lower end first round guys. But for this pick right here, they need a defensive back. Denzel Ward of Ohio State's a perfect pick. Obviously, that division with Brady, uh, you gotta you gotta beat them once to have a shot in that division. And obviously, in doing that, you you gotta try to shut down Brady as much as you can with a pass rush and in the secondary, much like what the Eagles did. So I think the Denzel Ward to uh, Buffalo pick is the one for this. But like I said, they're moving up or they will move back. So I, I don't see them picking here. Jack, who you got for the Bills? I think the Bills are going to go Calvin Ridley here, and I think they're going to wait uh, till their number 22nd pick to take a quarterback. Um, I like this guy. I think he is the best receiver in the draft. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. You know, you have guys like Antonio Callaway that are probably going to go towards the end, maybe the early second round because they have some character issues. You know, that's just the way that works. But this guy all around is the one of the best skill position players you're going to get in this draft. So I think this is a perfect spot, and I think he goes right here because outside of Kelvin Benjamin – I mean, Rod Streeter, Andre Holmes, they come to mind, but they really got no one really outside of that guy. So I think this is a perfect pick here. Yeah, the Bills, I mean, we obviously know they need a quarterback, and I've got Baker Mayfield on my board here for the Buffalo Bills at number 12. Um, I, I think this is a good spot for him if, if he's still available, which I do have him on my board. Um, I don't know if New York City is the right fit for this guy. I think Buffalo could be a better situation for him. They need a quarterback. He could bring some of that flair and that it factor and excitement to Buffalo. Um you know, they really haven't had that at quarterback in a long time. I mean, look at who they've drafted, who they've brought in. I mean, 
you, you know, you've in the last several years, they've had the likes of EJ Manuel. They've had JP Lossman, you know, um, Tyrod Taylor. I, I mean, some of them have been serviceable. They've, they've been okay with, but Baker Mayfield, if he's, able to transition to the NFL. He brings some excitement. He brings an it factor. Uh, you know, the, the people out in Western New York could really get behind this guy. He could become sort of a, a cult hero out there if he does, does well and everything falls into place. So I'm going to go with the Bills getting Baker Mayfield at number 12. That brings us to the uh, Washington Redskins being on the clock. It's been an interesting offseason with the Redskins, uh, you know, dealing with a quarterback situation there. Um, you know, they, they've really had an interesting offseason here and I just don't know what to make of this team at this point I mean you know you, you go out and you get an Alex Smith from Kansas City um not better than Kirk Cousins but yeah I, I mean it, it's, it's, it's a whole different discussion you know so I mean you kind of wonder what they're going to do what their direction is Keith who do you see the uh, Redskins taking at number 13 here Ra- Raquan Smith linebacker out of Georgia for all the reasons you said Brian uh, for when the Raiders were taking him in your draft this is a guy that will be able to meet Ezekiel Elliott in the A-gap, B-gap, running around the perimeter. It doesn't matter. Whoever the Eagles have back there running the ball, he can get after Carson Wentz. He's going to be able to get after uh, Sam Darnold in, in my mock draft if this, how, if this is how it pans out, or Eli Manning, whoever it is. So I think uh, Raquan Smith, it, this is probably the best value pick in the draft, getting this guy at 13. So I think the Redskins cannot pass him up. Linebacker's a need, so it's a perfect fit for those two. Who you got, Jack? I uh, like Josh Jackson here for the Redskins. Uh, there is going to have, you know, there's going to be one team that reaches for this guy based on the one amazing year of production that he had. You know, right now he's still kind of in that one year wonder category, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean he's going to be a bust. You know, that's, you know, 27 passes defense is no fluke usually. So we'll see what happens there. But I think this is the spot where he goes. And with, you know, a couple corners that the Redskins lost, I think Brashad Breland, he's, um, out in free agency. There was another guy they were going to bring in. I think he failed the physical, so that didn't work out. So I think cornerback is going to be a priority for them here. I'm going to go with a wide receiver for the Redskins. You, you bring in a new quarterback, and their, their wide receivers have been you know, no, notoriously underperformed last year. Um, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Uh, this is a guy who I think has been climbing up draft boards. Um, let's let's get Alex Smith some weapons, see if those other guys bounce back a little bit. Um, but I, I think Cortland Sutton could be an interesting pick here for the Redskins uh, out of SMU at number 13. That brings us up to the uh, the Green Bay Packers picking number 14. Um, Jack, where you got the Packers going? Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, they lost Morgan Burnett to the Steelers in free agency, who was kind of that leader on that defense at the back end for a long time. This guy, even though I think there is a good chance he's probably going to go a little bit higher, but I think this is a great spot for him here. If he is on the board, I think the Packers would be stupid to not jump on him here because – you know, that secondary struggled mightily last year, especially with Aaron Rodgers not being there to mask all the problems that they had. So I think that's a great pick for them here. Keith, who do you have for the pack? Uh, Joshua Jackson. I got, I'm going to pick later than you, Jack. Uh, eight picks in all those pass breakups last year. This is a team that only had 11 interceptions last year and ranked toward the bottom uh, in, in pass defense as a, as a whole unit. So I think Joshua Jackson here is the pick for them, and he, I think he'll bring some stability to that secondary in that division. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw the Packers. I mean, this is a team that, you know, they they had the absolute worst injury imaginable to their quarterback, their franchise guy, Aaron Rodgers, last year. Um, And we saw just how bad that team was afterward. Um, I I think a good pick for this team, I'm going with Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Um, 
you know, Rogers is in his thirties, you know, um, you know, his window may not be open for as long as we think it is. McGlinchey is just a very solid guy. You know, he's an all American out of Notre Dame, um, big, strong, versatile, you know, maybe not the most athletic guy, but I mean, he's a guy who's going to protect your blind side. Um, I, I think green Bay needs to really, you know, Rogers has been getting beat up the last couple of years. That line needs some help. And I think McGlinchey is a very solid pick here, uh, for the Packers at number 14. That brings us to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, another team that's really in transition here. Uh, a lot of talk what the Cardinals could do if they get a quarterback at this place or do they move up, do they move back. Um, they're another one of those teams that's kind of in that no-man's land. Of, are they going to move up? Are they going to go back? Um, where, do, where do you guys see the Cardinals going? Keith, let's go for it first. Uh, I think this is where Mike McGlinchey goes, Brian. Pick later than what you thought, offensive tackle in Notre Dame. They need a quarterback, as you mentioned, but they also need offensive linemen, especially left tackle. Jared Valdir is not the guy they thought he was going to be long-term, but he's getting up there in age, to be fair to him. He's had a, he's had a nice stretch of career, but I think McGlinchey is the insurance policy before you go after the mortgage. I think solidifying him on the offensive line will allow them to trade back into the end of the first round and maybe get a, a Mason Rudolph here and see what he can do in the league, but... I could see him moving up, as you mentioned, Brian, but at number 15, get the insurance policy, get the left tackle. I think McGlinchey out of Notre Dame is the pick for the Cardinals. Who do you got for the Cardinals, Jack? Simply because we're not factoring in trades, I do have Josh Allen in this spot falling a little bit out of the top 10. I think this is the one team that if they're going to trade, they're going to trade up to get this guy if he's still left at the bottom of the top 10 there. Um, but I think they, they, they do need help. You know, across the whole team, they could use depth in a lot of places, but I think getting a quarterback that they can groom right now while they still have a lot of good pieces around there, I think is a really smart move. So I think this is where they get their guy. Yeah, I'm going with a quarterback here too, but I've, I've got those three top guys that came off the board early. So, um, you know, and I've also got Baker Mayfield coming off at number 12. So I'm going with a, a fourth quarterback already this or a fifth quarterback already this early. I'm going with Lamar Jackson out of uh, Louisville, the Heisman Trophy winner for a couple years ago. Um, you know, maybe he's not ready right away. Uh, this is a guy that I, th I think will probably would be better as an apprentice for a year and, and kind of learn the league and everything. But um, he's a guy who's a little polarizing on some of the draft boards. You know, some of them have him anywhere as high as 12. Some of them have him for a mid-second round grade. So um, I think the Cardinals will take a little bit of a shot here. I think Lamar Jackson is an exciting type of player, um, and he wants to prove himself. I, I mean, there, there's a there, there's a little bit of Deshaun Watson in this guy. Like, why are you not taking me seriously? Have you not seen what I've done in college um, against very good competition so um, he's going to come into the league with a chip on his shoulder I think he'd be a, a very good pick for the Arizona Cardinals at number 15. That brings us to the Baltimore Ravens at number 16 uh, another team that you know just kind of that stuck in that middle they need picks they need to get younger they need to uh, get some flair and excitement where do you see the Ravens going Jack? They need a lot of pieces I mean I can't think of a wide receiving group that was that much worse than the Ravens last year they are the prime candidate to trade up for Calvin Ridley. Um, but assuming that they stay in the spot, I think they're going to go with Harold Landry to have an edge rusher on that defense. And the defense wasn't totally the problem last year. The last couple of years, the offense has really held that team back from what it's really capable of. But I think having, you know, with him at that value right here, I think is a great spot. But if they have the opportunity to get a guy like Ridley here, if he's available or if they trade up for him, I think that's where they go. Keith, who you got for the uh, Ravens here? Like you, Jack, I'm going with a pass rusher, but I'm going with Marcus Davenport, University of Texas, San Antonio. For all the reasons you said, they got to get after the quarterback, you know, especially in that division. You got Roethlisberger, and then obviously you'll have Bell running out of the backfield, so you're going to have to get a you know hat on the ball for him. So I, I think Marcus Davenport, 
it's the best player available, in my opinion, at this spot. And I think that's where they go. They they need tight end. They need inside linebacker, offensive line, wide receiver. I think any of those positions right now at 16 is a big reach. So Marcus Davenport, best player on the board, comes off here to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think they, they obviously need a wide receiver. I mean, that was one of the, the weakest corps in the league last year for, for a wide receiver. But, you know, with on my board, having having Calvin Ridley gone, having Cortland Sutton gone, um, I, I think they, they have a lot of needs. So you, you try to go best available player here the guy I've got and I like Alabama defensive guys so I've got Rashawn Evans here inside linebacker very versatile and that that's something that these teams are looking for I mean this is a guy who can do a lot of different things coming from a great program defensively and I just think you know the, the Ravens have had such success with linebackers over the years I think this guy would be a perfect fit to put into that system uh, and should do really well in the middle of that lineup is he the perfect need that they have right now? You know, probably not, but I just don't see them getting that elite receiver at this spot. So I think you try to go best available. And I, I like Rashawn Evans a lot. I mean, I, he just makes plays. You know, I mean, you see him game after game just doing a lot of good things for that defense. The Los Angeles Chargers at number 17. Uh, where do you guys go from here? Keith, why don't you take this one first? I'm going Duran Payne, defensive tackle, Alabama. Uh, the Chargers were second to last in run defense, so putting Payne in the middle will help with that aspect. And also getting a rush up the middle, a lot like I have Vita V with Mack and Irvin. If you have Bosa and Ingram coming off the edges and you have Payne coming up the middle, stepping up for Derek Carr or for Patrick Mahomes or Case Keenum in this division is going to be very hard, and it's going to create opportunities for Bosa and Ingram. And we already know what that secondary can do. I mean, they're among the league leaders pretty much every year the past few years in interceptions. So putting Payne on the defensive line to help with the running game, to get some pressure up the middle, I think is a perfect fit for the Chargers here. So that's where they go at 17. Jack, who you got for the Lightning Bolts? Leighton Vander Esch. I think that's how you say his name. Um, Sounds I think, like he should be on Dawson's Creek or something, yeah, doesn't Star he? Wars. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this figure, like you said, Keith. That that is a very realistic route for them to go to get another piece along with Joey Bosa. But I think with him last year and the force that he's been having, a guy in the middle of the field that can back him up, I think is a great way to go. He doesn't have a whole lot of starting experience, but he's very athletic and he's great in coverage. So I think if you let him kind of get in the mix a little bit for the first year by the end of his rookie season he could develop into a pretty nice starter in the middle of that defense I'm with Keith on this one I got Deron Payne here in the middle of that defense and you know you talked about it. I mean they've got a tremendous pass rush uh, but as Jack pointed out about Deron Payne earlier this guy's a mountain and he's going to eat up blocks and, and he's going to make those pass rushers so much better uh, you put him in the middle of that, that line that Chargers defense is going to be frightening I mean absolutely frightening they're already very good uh, but I think Deron Payne is just you know he's going to eat up blocks he's a mountain of a man um, and he's just going to make that a very good defense and hard to beat there so I think Deron Payne to the Chargers at number 17 and that brings us to uh, Seattle picking 18th uh, Jack why don't you take away this one here I think they're going to go Mike Hughes cornerback here now this guy you know they lost Richard Sherman obviously which honestly I don't think that's going to be too much of a big deal for them I don't think they'll have a problem adjusting but it doesn't hurt to have a guy that could come in who could potentially replace him you know this guy last year had an, an or allowed an NFL if you will passer rating a 35.5 when he was targeted and he only gave up 273 yards all season didn't allow a single touchdown those are Richard Sherman type numbers so if he can translate that to the NFL maybe sit a little bit because he does still need a little bit of development time but I think he could develop into a pretty nice cornerstone there. Keith, who you got for the Seahawks? The Seahawks are at their best when they're the Legion of Boom. So here they go, Derwin James, safety out of Florida State. 
I think to get a little bit of that swagger back, a little bit of that identity back, I think Derwin James fits perfectly. Is it a need? I, Jack, I understand we're going with, with corner. It's certainly more of a need than safety. Um, you know, with Chancellor, uh, he's had some injury issues, and you still have Earl Thomas back there. Who knows? He's, yeah, his future's up in the air at this point. You don't know, but I think Derwin James is a guy that can come in there and help get that identity back as the Legion of Boom. Good pick here at 18, great value. So I think that's where he comes off the board to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going on the other side of the ball here. Um, I've got Connor Williams, offensive tackle at Texas. Um, you know, Seattle has had a lot of problems with the line the last couple of years. You know, they, they went out and got Dwayne Brown. Um, I would say that was were, were kind of mixed results. You know, I think he stabilized him a little bit. But, you know, he's a guy who's getting up there in age. Um, they've got a couple other holes on the line. They, they've had a lot of injuries on that offensive line the last couple of years. So I think this is something where, you know, a, more of a position refresh uh, with a guy who grades out pretty highly. So I, I think Connor Williams would be an uh, excellent pick for the uh, Seattle Seahawks at number 18. That brings us up to the Dallas Cowboys. The uh, the draft is in their stadium. They got the uh, uh, probably going to have an incredible crowd for this. I can't imagine what a draft in that stadium is going to be like after you know all the other spots. But it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Dallas, a team you know regressed a bit last year. You know a lot of issues, a lot of things going on, a lot of drama as there always is in Big D. Um, Jack, who do you got the uh, Cowboys taking? Here? Vita Vey right here, defensive tackle. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to take really whoever they feel is their best pass rush pass rusher right here because up until DeMarcus Lawrence kind of had his big year last year they didn't really have anything like that in the couple of years prior ever since uh, DeMarcus Ware left you know that really hasn't been the same so I think having him to go along with DeMarcus Lawrence uh, kind of on the other side is going to be a nice pick for him here how about you Keith Jack if they get V to V here that's a humongous pick for them but I he's off my board already I'm going Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, SMU. He stays in the division, Brian. I think you had him going to what, the Redskins? Yep. I think he goes here to the Cowboys. Everybody knows the receiver issues. Des Bryant is not panning out to the number one guy there anymore. Um, you know, he seems like he's a little past his prime or needs a fresh start. So I think Sutton's the guy here. You know, some of the reports I've read, they compare him to a Brandon Marshall-type mold. He's got the raw skills. He can become a number one receiver. He's got to learn some of the some of the nuances of the position. He's got to learn some of the routes and things like that. But I think at this pick here, I think they go wide receiver out of SMU, big playability, and I think to get Dak Prescott that kind of weapon to go with Ezekiel Elliott will help them tremendously. Uh, Jack had a uh, Leighton Vander Esch going a little before this, but I've got Vander Esch going to the Cowboys here. I, I think he's, you know, I've seen him on tape a little bit. I've, I've, I've looked this guy up. Um, you know, I think he's just a solid football player. And I think he's a guy that'll fit into the middle of that defense. Uh, no nonsense. You know, the, the Cowboys were so erratic on that side of the ball last year, and they just need some players that are going to provide them a little more consistency. And I think this is a guy that, um, you know, he might not be that instant home run hitter for your defense, but I think he's a solid guy. I think he can make a bit of an impact as a rookie. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a little bit of a luxury pick, but I think they do need some refresh in the middle of the uh, the linebacker corps for Dallas. So I've got Vander Esch going to the Cowboys at number 19. That brings us up to the uh, Detroit Lions at number 20. Keith, who you got for the Lions? You don't bring in Laguerre Bunt and not pound the football down somebody's throat, right? So I think Will Hernandez, offensive guard out of UTEP, is the pick here. Six foot, six foot two, 327 pounds. He's a massive guy. He can run block extremely well. He's one of the higher-graded ones, and he can help protect Stafford there too. So you're going to get a little bit of a double benefit out of this guy. But like I said, Laguerre Blunt is probably going to be the starting running back there. Power runner, got to open up some holes. I think this is the guy that can do it and also keep um, Stafford protected a little bit better. So I think this is where they go. Jack, who you got for the Lions? I have Isaiah Wynn, who is also a guard at the spot too. 
they do have a pressing need with help in the run game. And like you said, Keith, they don't bring him in for that reason. If they don't, if they're not going to get him help up front. Um, I think his skill set is great. Certainly as a run blocker, but it was uh, versatile enough to assist at left tackle when needed at Georgia. And that's also something that the Lions do need a lot of help with. So I think that's a good pick for them right here. Is it just mirrored as the, the whole the whole concept of LeGarrette Blunt playing in Detroit just seem a little strange? I mean, he just doesn't see I, – I like him. I've always liked him. I think he's been a, been a good player, and he's a, a hammer back, and he scores touchdowns, and he can have some explosive games. But does he just seem like an odd fit for that offense to you? Uh, no, actually it doesn't, and I, I view it differently because he's playing for Matt Patricia. That makes me – I think that makes me realize their relationship was pretty tight when he was in New England. Yep. Uh, so of all the teams he could have went to, he picks there – isn't an odd fit, sure. It's an aired out type offense and whatnot, but it could be a breath of fresh air for the Lions fans and it, for that It could be a nice compliment to what they've been doing the last couple of years. Spread so. them out and then pound yeah. it down their throat, and I think he has that you know that rapport with Matt Patricia, and I think he will enjoy playing for him. So I think that's bigger reason why. Yeah, he's, he's a nice player. I'm just curious to see what Matt Patricia does with that offense because um, he doesn't. You know, I mean, Detroit. It's you know Matthew Stafford is a quarterback who's known for throwing for five thousand yards a year. They throw it, they spread it out. It's you know it's fast paced offense. I'll be interested to see what Matt does with that offense, um, if he makes any changes or if he just, you know, thinks of Blunt as kind of a complementary piece to balance things out a bit. But it will be interesting. For the Lions, I've got, uh, you know, I got Matt Patricia taking a defensive guy here. I've got him going for Marcus Davenport, defensive end out of uh, uh, Tennessee, uh, Texas San Antonio. Um, they they haven't had a lot of pressure the last few years on quarterbacks. And this is another one of these, uh, you know, picks in the division that, you know, you've got – Every team needs guys who can get to the quarterback, and the Lions are, are no different in this respect. So I think Davenport, um, you know, he's a guy that he, he, some draft boards have him going, you know, as high as 12. Others have him going, you know, early second round. So I think if the Lions can get him here at number 20, it will be a pretty good fit for them. So Detroit Lions number 20, I got Marcus Davenport. That takes us to the Cincinnati Bungles at number 21. Uh, this is a team, you know, Every year, we're just wondering what's going to happen with them next. It, it's a comedy of errors in a lot of senses. Um, Jack, who do you got the Bengals going? I have them taking Will Hernandez in this spot, one pick after you, Keith. Uh, you know, they only averaged three and a half yards a carry last year, and they struggled a little bit in the run game. I think this guy's really going to be able to help. He's he's athletic, and he's very quick for a size, and I think he can quickly develop into a Pro Bowl caliber guard on that team. Keith, who you got for the uh, Bengals here? Jack, we flipped the picks here. I got him going Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. This is a guy that's probably going to play guard in the NFL, a little bit undersized to be a tackle. So he has pass blocking instincts, and to put him on the interior as a, a really, really good run blocker, he graded out very well. I think that's going to be a good fit for them. I mean, the Bengals have needs across the board. Eh? They're, they're not really going to win anything this year, in my opinion. So I think if you go Isaiah Wynn, Give Andy Dalton some some time up front. He's got A.J. Green to throw to, so I think that's the pick they go with with uh, Wynn coming off the board here. I got an offensive lineman here as well. Um, I, I've got James Daniels, the center out of Iowa, coming here, who has some guard experience as well, so I think he got some versatility here. But the Bengals, you know, they need to make smart picks. They need to get some high-character guys there. Um, both of the guys you, you mentioned, you know, will be good fits here, and I, I think Daniels as well. I think there's a lot of options in that same sort of talent range uh, for the Bengals at 21. But I'm going for Daniels, the center out of Iowa, for the Bengals here. That brings us back to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, assuming we don't have trades here, uh, we got the Bills picking for the second time in the first round at number 22. Uh, Keith, who you got for the Bills here at 22? Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Louisville. Dynamic, exciting player. 
I think he's going to be a lot like Tyrod Taylor, not necessarily skill-wise, but how his game is. I think he's going to be better in the NFL than Taylor was. So you're going to have a little bit of deja vu all over again as a Bills fan, according to my mock draft. But I think it's going to be better in the long run as as his skill set is just much better or much greater than uh, Tyrod Taylor. So they fill the need at quarterback here. I don't love this pick, but it's certainly it's okay for value. I, I think Jackson, as you mentioned, Brian and Jack, he's got that chip on his shoulder. I think this is a good fit for him here, and he goes number 22 to the Bills. Jack, who you got for the Bills with their second pick Lamar here? Jackson at number 22. I think this is where they get their guy. They get their skill guy, Calvin Ridley, at number 12, and I think this is where they get their quarterback. You know, this guy, he does have some accuracy issues, but he draws a lot of comparisons to Michael Vick. He's very electric, and I cannot wait to watch this guy play. And getting drafted on this team, he's going to be able to make an immediate contribution the second he steps in there. Yeah, I think we're all all on board that the Bills need a quarterback here. And, and since since I had him going Baker Mayfield uh, with number 12, you know, I don't have that need for them at this point in the draft. But I, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to have them go with another Louisville guy here. I've got Jair Alexander, defensive back, uh, for this spot. Um you know, the Bills, they need playmakers, you know, whether it's as a you know, wide receiver, quarterback, secondary. Um, Alexander is a guy who some people have graded a little bit lower, but I think he feels a need here for the Bills. Um, since I've already got them getting their quarterback off the board here, I think a little secondary help will, will be nice for them. So I've got Jair Alexander going number 22 to Buffalo. That's going to bring us to the Patriots who, uh, uh, you know, Number 23 picking. Do they go for a quarterback here? They, they've had a, uh, an interesting offseason. You know, they, they traded away uh, Brandon Cooks. You know, they, they've done some interesting things here in the offseason. They lost both of their coordinators. Uh, Jack, where do you see the uh, Patriots going here? Is this where they get Tom Brady's replacement? I don't think so. Um, I think that's going to come in the second and third round of the draft. I have them taking Josh Reed here. Um, I think they're going to be looking for a versatile defender that can kind of move fluently between quarterback and safety. Bill Belichick does tend to like those type of guys. Um, this guy's got great size, and he has very natural coverage and ball skills, and I think he'd fit in pretty well on that defense. How about you, Keith? Rashawn Evans, linebacker, Alabama. This defense was at its best when Devontae Hightower was healthy, had the green dot in his helmet, taking charge, calling the plays. Hightower's been banged up a little bit, not quite sure what you're going to get out of him anymore, so I think Evans is a very nice replacement to come in, play the middle of the field, very athletic, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are best friends, so I think Saban is going to be brutally honest with Belichick with all his players. I know Saban likes this guy, and he panned out very well in Alabama. I think he's going to give him a nice, uh, nice, you know, a nice recommendation, if you will, to Belichick. And I think he goes here off the board to the Patriots. Yeah, this is an interesting pick because it'll really tell you a lot about what Bill Belichick thinks about you know the priorities on this team. I mean, obviously they they've got a big hole at receiver now. They've got to look for Tom Brady's successor. Um, you know, they got to start thinking about the possibility that Gronk may be going at any point. He's been hitting at retirement. I don't think that's going to be the case, but um, I'm going to go with the Patriots making the move for their quarterback here. I've got the sixth quarterback of the first round going. I got Mason Rudolph going to the Patriots here. Um, he's a prototypical guy, size, throws the ball, you know, with, with a lot of velocity. Um, you know, the holes in his game are that, you know, he might not have the best reactionary time, um, you know, how is he going to fit in an NFL offense? I mean, Oklahoma State's a little gimmicky uh, that he's played in, so we'll see what happens here. But I think the Patriots are looking for a quarterback in this draft. Maybe they're waiting a little bit later on, but I think Rudolph is a guy who grades late first, early second round, um, and I think he could be the pick for the Patriots here. So I'm going with Mason Rudolph. 
That brings us to the uh, Carolina Panthers at number 24. Uh, where are we going with this, guys? Jack, I'll let you go first. I think their biggest needs at this point is they need playmakers and difference makers at wide receiver and safety. I think that's their two biggest things. But at this point, for what they need in a true number one receiver, I think they're just – it would be a little bit too much of a reach if they go with a receiver at this spot. So I think cornerback makes sense for them, makes sense for them here. I have them taking Carlton Davis. Now, this guy, without – the drawbacks he has with his recovery on plays and how he can be pretty grabby at times. He draws a lot of pass interference penalties. I think he could go a lot higher, but I do like him at this spot. He's got above average size and strength, and I think he'd fit in pretty pretty nicely to give that defense the boost that it needs. Who you got for the Panthers, Keith? Who was the quarterback for the Maryland Terps last year? I have no idea. No idea. All right. With that being said, I'm going DJ Moore, wide receiver out of Maryland, 2017 Big Ten receiver of the year. I think pairing him up with Cam Newton is a much-needed fit for both of them. I think it's a good fit for Moore, and I think it's a necessity for uh, for Cam Newton. Add him to Christian McCaffrey. This guy is going to be able to play in the slot. He's going to be able to play outside. He's going to be able to get some space underneath. A lot of Golden Tate comparisons out there, which he's having a fine career in, in Seattle. Real so solid, yeah. I think DJ Moore out of Maryland, six foot, 210 pounds, not a big guy, but neither – you know, I don't want to compare him to Antonio Brown. I'm not doing that, but you don't need to be big in this league anymore to be elusive and to be productive. So DJ Moore is the pick going to Carolina. Yeah, I've got the Panthers. Uh, I got the Panthers taking Sam Hubbard, defensive end out of Ohio State. Um, solid football player. I think. I think the Panthers could go a lot of different directions here. Um, defensively, another team that was, you know. They've got some playmakers, but they got some guys who are getting up there in years as well. Um, Hubbard was a productive player with Ohio State. He, you know, the reputation is that you know the skill set is very good with him, but there's you know he takes some plays off, which you never want to hear about going to the NFL. But you know he's got a lot of tantalizing talent. I think he would do very well with the Panthers. So I'm going with Sam Hubbard from Ohio State for the Panthers. That takes us up to the uh, Tennessee Titans with the uh, number 25 pick in the draft. Uh, where are you guys going? Jack, give me this one first. I think they're going to go wide receiver right here. Um, I think they're going to look for a guy that can develop into a nice number two to complement, uh, you know, to try to complement uh, Corey Davis from when they got last year. I think Deion Kane and DJ Moore are going to be the two possibilities. I'm really kind of split 50-50 here, but I like Deion Kane a little bit better, and I think with – um, see if he can get a little bit better with his drops, you know, improve that a little bit. I think he can develop into a nice guy on the outside. Keith, who you got for the uh, Titans? I'm going with a guy here that's long, athletic, can shed blocks well and stop the run. It's exactly what you need to do to dethrone the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is Taven Bryan, defensive tackle out of Florida. I think he will do well in this league. I think he is somebody that the Titans really, really can put in the middle. And like I said, the, the Jaguars are the crown of that division. You got to knock them off. And in order to do so, you got to be able to stop the running game. And I think this guy will certainly help give him a shot in the arm to do that. Yeah, um, I'm going with uh, I'm going with DJ Moore here. You had him go in the pick before. You know, I, I agree with what you said on him. I mean, this is a guy who's got some versatility. He can line up outside. He can hit this in the slot. Um, you know, you want to give uh, you, you want to give this team you know enough offensive weapons to to do some stuff here. And you know, I, I don't know about Marcus Mariota. I think the jury's still out on him, but I think you want to give him another year or two and give him all the opportunities he can to succeed. And I think DJ Moore. Adds another weapon, gives them that sort of second receiver that they can go to. Um, I, I got DJ Moore from Maryland for the uh, Titans at number 25. That brings us up to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that kind of started slow last year after their uh, Super Bowl year, but uh, you know picked it up later in the season. And 
you know, they're they're going to be pretty good for the next couple of years. I think. I think they got a chance to still be really good for the next few years. Um, who you guys got for the Falcons, Keith? Why don't you go here first? Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Texas A and M. Falcons are at their best when their offense is high flying. And last year we saw game after game frustration. They'd explode and then they take a step back. I think given Julio Jones, a nice, solid number two receiver, uh, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's 5'10", 200 pounds, so he's going to be an underneath type guy. But I think it's much needed because if if Julio Jones is going to stretch the field and get the safeties deep, you need somebody to come on underneath. I think it's going to work wonders for that offense. I think Christian Kirk coming out of Texas A&M is a good fit for that offense. Jack, who you got for the uh, Falcons here? This is where we're going to see the first tight end come off the board. Mike Gusecki, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Poe is gone. He's in Carolina, so defensive tackle is also going to be a big need for them. But I think that tight end is going to be a nice pick for them here. Austin Hooper was a guy that was just dripping with upside last year, and you know he had a couple of big flashes, but that didn't really pan out. He's not great in blocking, so if, if that's what they're looking for, you know, don't worry about that. But with the way they kind of move the ball out to Freeman and Tevin Coleman, I don't think they're really going to be looking for much of a blocking tight end, so I think this guy is a good pick here. I liked how the use the phrase dripping with talent. I, I you know that's that's good stuff right there. Um, I, I I like you know with Dontari Poe leaving, I think that that's a big loss for them. So um, I, I got Tavon Bryan going in this spot here. I, I think he just he fills a need for them. You know, I mean, you lose a guy as, as good as Poe, who was um, regarded as one of the uh, the top free agent losses. You got to find a way to fill that spot. Um, I think this is a good value pick late in the first round. Um, you know, they could go in a, in a couple different directions here, but this fills a need for them. I think it's a good fit and a good spot for them. So I've got Tavon Bryan from Florida going here to the uh, Falcons at number 26. That brings us up to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, very exciting team last year that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, very dynamic offensively. They've changed a bit. You know, they're no longer uh, the Drew Brees show. They've got the, some great skill guys, and, you know, they should be a lot of fun to watch again. Uh, who do you guys got for the Saints? Let's start with you, Keith. Hayden Hurst, tight end out of South Carolina. This is the first tight end coming off uh, my board. A little bit of a reach here. I, I acknowledge that. But when you look at the Saints, it's kind of scary that all their needs are on the offensive side of the ball, and they were as good as they were last year. So I think if you take Hayden Hurst, you, comp- you put him in there with Kamara and Ingram and Breeze, and that team was at its best when they had Jimmy Graham catching passes from, from Drew Brees. I'm not comparing the two, but I think if you can kind of emulate that a little bit or however much you can and add that component back into that offense, it's going to work wonders. Uh, you'll play action with him coming across the middle and getting some space is going to be really, really hard to stop in New Orleans. I think Hayden Hurst is the guy that can do that and get up the seam for him. So I think that's where they go at number 27 and fill a big need at tight end. Jack, who you got for the Saints? Um, I agree with you. I'm going to go a different direction, but I was split 50-50 on tight end and offensive line here because Kobe Fleener has clearly not been the answer there. A a wide receiver to compliment Michael Thomas would also make a little bit of sense here, but I think they're going to go James Daniels right here at the center. Um, He's, like you said, he's an athletic guy that can easily get to the second level, and he does have some experience at guard, so he kind of reminds you a little bit of the Marquise Pouncey and the Mike Pouncey that can kind of switch between both positions. So having that to bolster the interior of the line to help with the newly found run game that they've had last year and to help keep Drew Brees upright. You know, you look at the Saints, and, and there's not a lot of, like, super obvious needs. I mean, this is a pretty good team, and, and defensively they stepped way up last year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Raiders fan, it, it pains me to give De- Dennis Allen credit for much of anything, but he's done a great job with that defense in New Orleans. Um I've got Josh Jackson going here. I mean, I know you guys both had him off your board, and I've got him uh, just – kind of found his way into the spot. I think he's a guy that, 
you said it. I mean, you know, he made eight interceptions last year. He makes plays. Uh, he's put up some really good numbers. I know this isn't the biggest need for them, but they could use another cornerback. There's, there's no doubt that they could. Um, he's a guy I think that kind of falls into their lap here, and I think they take the best available player, and I think that's Josh Jackson uh, for the Saints at number 27. So that brings us up to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I know you're you're itching on this one, Jack, so I'm going to let Keith go first. <laughs> <laughs> Luxury pick here. Uh, they have a couple needs, linebacker, receiver, uh, running back, You know who, who's going to play behind Bell. I think this is where Mason Rudolph comes off the board. Quarterback, Oklahoma State. This is a 100% luxury pick. Roethlisberger, I think, has a few more years left in him. Two to three at you know at worst for them. So I think Rudolph comes off the board here. I'm not entirely sure they're sold on Jarvis Landry being the future there. So Jarvis Landry. Landry Jones. I'm sorry. Landry <laughs> Jones. I corrected myself. I knew that was wrong as soon as I Jarvis said Jarvis Landry will never be the future He will never be the future quarterback there. So I'm not sure they're sold on him. I think Rudolph can come in and compete for that future spot, and I think this is a good pick for the Steelers at 28. All right, Jack, let's have it. Who are your boys taking? Um, they're going Rashawn Evans here at number 28. Um, now about the quarter, you know, every Steeler fan has just been itching to see who they're going to go for to be Ben's replacement. Uh, Landry Jones was never drafted to be that guy. He was drafted to be the backup, and that was understandably his role between him and the front office from the start. You know, when he when he was drafted in the fourth round, a lot of people were like, oh, here it comes. Here's Ben's replacement. He's only got a couple of years left. But, you know, especially since he's – once you throw out the retirement word one time, the clock starts ticking with everybody. So I don't think they're going to go in the first round here because, like you said, Keith, they do still have a couple of years left with Ben at worst. So I think they go linebacker here. Ryan Shazier has said he 110% still wants to play. He's certainly not playing this year with the rehab that's going to be going on, but you just don't know. You don't know how that type of an injury is going to heal. He may not be able to play again. So they're missing that presence in the middle of the field. Vince Williams stepped up very well to you know to be the leader of the, the linebacking group when Shazier went down. But I think this is where they go with a little bit of an insurance policy here, just in case, you know, he, you know, that doesn't work out. T.J. Watt was the best they've done since picking Shazier, and like I said, Vince Williams has done a nice job. But this guy, I can't find any linebacker that's been just as good as him with rushing and getting the pressure on the quarterback. He's been absolutely electric in that area. And if the Steelers can get their identity back there, they did a little bit last year. They did a lot. You know, a lot better with rushing the passer, but if they can add another piece there, I think that's going to be a huge help with helping that secondary, which is kind of where their weak point is. Yeah, it kind of sounds like, you know, we heard more last offseason about Roethlisberger possibly retiring than we did this year. It seems yeah. like he was a it's lot been, more. It's been a pretty quiet. It seems like year. he was a lot more revitalized this year, and, and I think he said that, you know, he foresees himself playing for at least a couple more years. So um, I've got, you know, you talk about insurance policies on, on the defensive, you know, for linebackers there, and, and Keith you had a bit of a luxury pick for the Steelers here, and I'm kind of doing the same thing. Um, I'm going with Darius Geis, the running back out of LSU. Um, nobody's thinking that this guy's going to come in and, and be Le'Veon Bell or take his job or anything like that, but I think there's a little bit of a question there about his future, and, you know, is he going to be the guy for a couple more years or not? And, you know, I, th I think Geis is uh, a guy they could, you know, eventually be that spot. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a situation that bears watching over the next couple of years, you know, Franchise tags, long-term deals, trades, this could go in a million different directions. When you're in contract talks with a guy for two years, you, you got to start to wonder exactly. when it's going to happen. They're not going to franchise tag him again because eventually that's going to get too expensive. Yep. I think their approach with him is get the first seven years of his career and then let him walk. 
I think that's the approach they're going to take here to be all in. So I can totally see them going with that type of luxury pick here in the first round. And he's a talent. There's no doubt. We've seen what guys can do. I mean, he, he, he cuts on a dime. He's got speed. He's got power. Um, you know, I don't grade him as high as, you know, Leonard Fournette coming out of LSU. But, you know, this is a guy who had a lot of really big games last year. So I think he'd be a good fit for them. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a team that uh, surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, absolutely tremendous defense. Uh, they, they won in spite of the offense a bit, but the offense, uh, you know, they did have some games. Blake Bortles did show some flashes. I don't think he sold anybody on him, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Who do you guys got for the uh, Jaguars? I'll let you go first on this one, Jack. I think they go with Antonio Callaway, wide receiver here. This team, in my mind, has two needs. They need a true number one receiver, and they need a quarterback because I'm still not sold on Blake Bortles. He had his flashes of greatness, especially in the playoffs last year, but he reminds me kind of a little bit of Tim Tebow, just a lot better. He's not really going to do much throughout the whole game, but he's going to make the one or two big plays out of nowhere when you need it, and that's what he did. But I think you need more than that at the quarterback position, and had they had that, they could have easily beaten the Patriots and gone to the Super Bowl last year. So I think that, but I think what makes more sense for them is to try to get a guy that can be a potential number one wide receiver on the outside. And if Antonio Callaway can get his off the field issues straightened out, he he could potentially be a top 15 pick if it weren't for that. So I think this is a great value for him here. I think they're going to take a shot. Keith, who you got for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars? I see the need here, Jack, as you mentioned, a wide receiver. But if Blake Bortles is your quarterback, I think letting Hearns and Robinson go is very telling. I'm not sure what the front office thought of them, but I think it's more of a knock in terms of not trusting Blake Bortles. Let's improve the offensive line and keep running the ball. Connor Williams, offensive tackle out of Texas. He's a massive human, 6'5", 296 pounds. This is a guy that could have been a top 10, possibly top 5 pick if he didn't have an up-and-down season, but a Tom Coughlin system for an up-and-down type player is the perfect fit. I think he's going to open up holes for Fournette. I think he will give Blake Bortles a little bit more time. He's got a great athleticism, great length. He can run block, pass block. He's the guy I think they go with, improve that running game, open up some bigger holes, do what they do well, and Connor Williams from Texas can help do that. I'm going with a receiver here. Uh, you know, I, I see the need. Uh, I think it's pretty glaring for these guys. Um, I'm going with a guy that I haven't seen on a lot of first-round mocks. I've seen him in the second round a lot, but he's a guy who's kind of climbing up. An absolute speedster. I'm going with another LSU guy here. I'm going with DJ Chark um, to, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars here. He might be the fastest player in the draft. Um, you want to talk about playmaking ability. I mean, this guy has sprinter speed. I mean, he's going he's gonna to make some plays and break some plays open. Not as polished as, you know, uh, a Ridley or some of the other guys. Um, and this might be a bit of a reach for them, but there's a lot of tantalizing potential with this kid. Um, and, and I think he'd be a great fit for Jacksonville to take a shot with here. I mean, I don't think it's pressing needs. You know what they are offensively. Um, I think your pick makes sense, Keith. You know, get another lineman there. And, you know, Fournette's the future, I think. I think he's going to be better in his second season than his first. Um, and I think, you know, maybe this isn't the year, but they're going to address the quarterback situation sure. soon. I mean, um, you know, they, they gave him a two-year deal, I think it was, last yeah. year. But it was more of, a, you know, the way the contract works out and everything. They don't believe in Blake Bortles long term. Um, but, you know, whoever it is, get him a weapon, you know, see what, what can happen. And I think this is a guy, I think Shark will be an interesting fit for them. So I'm going with DJ Shark uh, for the Jags. That brings us up to the pick number 30. We're getting toward the end of the first round. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, it was quarterback palooza for them in the offseason, and you know they spent the big money and, and got their guy here. Um, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback in Minnesota. 
What do they do? Uh, what do they do here? Number thirty in the draft. Who you got, Jack? Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, right here. This is going to be the guy that teams are going to go for to look for that left tackle. I think he's the best suited for that area. His size is lacking, so I think that's going to cause him to fall a little bit in the draft. Some teams are going to shy away from it, but his skill set and his technique are they're ready. He's NFL ready right now, and if he can continue to pack on a little bit more weight, I think he's going to be able to be a force there up front. So I think with that investment in uh, in Kirk Cousins, I think that's a great pick for the Vikings here. Keith, who you got for the purple? Mike Hughes, defensive back, UCF. I th- he's off your board, Jack. I, I can't remember if he's off yours already, Brian. Uh, aging secondary for the Vikings. I think this is a win now and prepare for the future type pick. I think he comes in. He can play the slot. He can play outside. I think this is the pick here. He's certainly going to be a starter in this league, eight, ten years probably. So I think it's a good system for him to be in, and I think he comes off the board here at 30 to the Vikings. Uh, Jack, I'm with you. I think I think McGlinchey would be a great pick for the Vikings here. I just have him off my board. Um, you know, I think this is this position and the Patriots who pick next. I kind of could flip flop on the guys I got here, but I do see an offensive tackle going off the board here. Um, I went with Matthias Rankin out of Mississippi State. Um, you know, just a guy who will fit in with them. You know, I mean, it, it's you bring in a new quarterback. Um, you can never have too much depth out, out an offensive line. I mean, you know, whether this guy you know makes an impact right away or not, um, he just at least provides depth at both. Tackles. Positions and I think the Vikings can go with that luxury at this point. Um, they're solid in just about all phases of the game. I mean, you know, they don't have these super glaring needs that a lot of teams do. That's why they're picking 30th. You know, so um, I'm going with Matthias Rankin out of Mississippi State here for the Vikings. That brings us back to the uh, Patriots. Assuming they, they you know, don't make any more trades here, Patriots picking 31st. Uh, who you guys got, Keith? They don't have a starting tackle on their team right now. Colton Miller, offensive tackle, UCLA. I don't think they care about the future of quarterback right now. I think they got a window to keep winning here with Tom Brady. You got to protect them. They don't have a starting tackle. And I'm going to make a prediction. I will give Colin Cowherd 100% credit for this. He said something I agree with. I think they give Joe Thomas a call here as well and see if he'll come out of retirement Can't for hurt. one year. Can't hurt. So yep. if you have Miller and you have Thomas, that's pure speculation, obviously. Uh, I think it fills those needs, but they got to get a starting tackle on this roster, and Colton Miller will fill that void for him. Jack, who you got? If they don't trade back out of the first round, I think they're going to go Connor Williams here. Um, I think it's a good, you know, interior offensive line is going to be a need for them, especially with Brady. I mean, he's not going to play for five, six more years. I just don't see it happening. But a couple of years, if he can stay upright, definitely. And this guy, you know, he's his size is a concern, but he's disciplined and he's regarded highly as a leader and a hard worker. So, and that's exactly what Belichick wants. So I think he'd be a great fit here. Yeah, I think he can get two more years out of Brady. That That's my thought process, and that's why I've got them taking Mason Rudolph a little earlier. Um, Keith, I'm with you on this one. I, I got Colton Miller going in this pick. Um, the Joe Thomas idea is very intriguing. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he spent his entire career in Cleveland, you know. I, I mean, if Bill Belichick calls you up, how do you not listen? Your, your opportunity to go to the playoffs, to, to possibly go to a Super Bowl, to play with Tom Brady, um, you know, it's not a long-term solution, but, you know, that's what the Patriots are looking at right now. I'd be curious to see if you add up all the years of the least amount of wins the Patriots have had. So say, say take the lowest two years. I'd be curious to see how that compares to the total number of wins Joe Thomas had in his career. I'd be curious to see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see him have an opportunity. It's got to like be. That. Pretty I mean, close. Yeah. I, I think that's a no-brainer if you're, if you're New England. you got to make that call. Why wouldn't you? That brings us up to our final pick of the first round of the NFL draft. We, we're at the Super Bowl champions, the brothers of uh, city of brotherly love, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, who do you guys got here? Uh, Jack, why don't you go first? Uh, I got him with uh, I got him taking DJ Moore in the spot. 
Now, this is another pick that I think likely they're going to trade out of the first round because they don't really have a pressing need for just about anything. They've got the defense. They could use depth in a lot of areas, but I think wide receiver is a pick that I would go with here to try to just improve the weapons. I think they did get Mike Wallace they in did. the offseason, did they? they? Did. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's may have lost a step or two, but he's still a fast guy, so he's going to be able to stretch the field a little bit. So having having him there I think would be a nice addition for him. Final round of the final uh, pick of the first round, Keith, who are the Eagles going with? I agree here, Jack. I think they can move back just a couple picks for a team that's going to get desperate on a quarterback. I could see a Rudolph or something going here uh, to a team that trades up. But keeping this pick, Darius Geis, running back LSU. Brian, you mentioned him coming out. Uh, you know, he's a violent running back. They just lost LeClaire Bunt. He can compare, you know, his skill set to, to Blunt. And obviously, Blunt worked out very well. Started off slow, but he yep. picked up pace as the year went on. Uh, 5'10", 225. Put him back there, give Carson Wentz a good play action option. I think that he would be a good fit there, and I think he is the final pick of the first round. Yeah, just uh, looking for a solid player at this point for the Eagles. You know, I mean, you win the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, free agents will hit you. Things like that will happen. But, you know, they didn't really, other than LeGarrette Blunt, it, it doesn't really look like this team is going to take a major hit. And, you know, Blunt is a loss they can afford. You know, you got Jay Ajayi. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. But I'm, I'm going with uh, Justin Reed, the free safety out of Stanford here. I'm just, just a solid player. Uh, stockpile another good player in that secondary. So I've got uh, Reed going to Philadelphia with a final pick in the first round. We want to thank you guys for uh, staying with us for uh, what, what amounted to a pretty long show here. But, you know, the draft is the draft. It's a lot of fun. We look forward to it every year. So uh, we'll catch up with you guys after the uh, after the draft goes down and see if we like our picks, see if how they played out, uh, see how the teams did. We'll give some grades, have a lot of fun with it. So for uh, Keith Van Vecten and Jack Izo, I'm Brian Bouye, and we hope your teams do well at the draft, and we'll see you soon.